Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This season, we've asked our socios to choose their favourite interview from our archive. The big interview started in April 2015, and we've now done over 200 episodes to 8 million listens. Here's one of our socios explaining why the archive interview you're about to hear is their personal favourite. Hi, Graham, Neil and the team at Backpage. It's Taylor here from Shenzhen, China, and I've picked... Damien Duff is my favourite episode. Um, I really liked his story about how he still goes down and rents a five-a-side pitch and just goes and plays. Uh, I think that's uh, an underestimated side of the game and shows his, his real personality. And I really like the passion and enthusiasm of which he talks about football. So, yeah, I'm really hoping to hear that one again. Thank you. Damien Duff, we're in... A hallowed place where you have made many wish but it lands down the road. Tell me how you learned your skills and when you knew that the ball was your friend and, and, and how did you develop that? Uh, for me it was just I guess repetition, errors, practice really like everyone. There's big talking points in Ireland now that there's not players coming through and it's down to coaching and what have you but I got to Blackburn Rovers who were then league champions at the time when I was 16 not because of coaching or anyone teaching me anything. It was literally, like you just said there, just kicking the ball on the street against the wall, not even with people. I said I'd be a, probably a Billy No mate even sometimes. Just, but listen, every day, just one hour, two hour, three hours, just repetition, dribbling the ball around the street. It sounds probably incredibly boring, but I wouldn't change for anything. Um, like you said, I think you're in love with the game. I think I can match it. I'm just so passionate about it. I just love kicking... Football is, and as far back as I can remember, is as soon as I could walk, and nothing's changed now. I'm recently retired, two, three months, but for instance, last week I, uh, I felt a bit of a weirdo doing that. I went down to the, the local Astro Park for a little five-a-side, but I went and I booked it on my own. Just bored one morning and just went to the Astro pitch and just had a kick about on my own. And that's 36, but it's still trying to improve my right foot, and I don't know what trying to improve for. I'm obviously <laughs> retired, but uh, just... Love of the game, just pure love. And I need to, I've asked people in interviews across my life to, you know, now that you're not a player, do you, do you need to be near a ball? Something like that. No? 
because they needed maybe the competition or they loved the wages or they loved lifting trophies. But some of them are like, I, I need to be on the ball every now and every couple of days. Uh, yeah, well, our mutual friend, uh, Mendieta, I was obviously with him last week and I said, do you not just miss kicking the football every day? And he goes, well, maybe at the start, but as time goes by, he's not too bad with it now. But I said, I'm obviously recently retired and I just need to be kicking the ball. And I said, it probably doesn't sound very exciting to people, but yeah, I'll go out the back garden, kick the ball against the wall for 10 minutes, just get a little, my dose of it and then probably back into the kids. I don't know if I should call it cheating. Maybe it's professionalism, preparing for an interview. Okay. I spoke to Tim Sherwood this morning. And, he used to um, clean his boots. <laughs> he made my life hell. You see, the reason I sort of said this in this way is that I wondered if the two of you would have different uh, memories all that time. Okay. He said, uh, apart from David's evident ability, he felt that there was a stage when you were homesick and your folks came over and Kenny Douglas told him to go and have a long chat with your parents about listen this guy's a gem he has to stay what Tim remembered was he said apart from his ability the fact that he was an absolutely fantastic kid really nice well brought up good background good family made it all worthwhile and he said in almost every training session he got lumps kicked out of him I can't actually use the phrase that he used about it and he made it sound like irrespectively that kid's life was hell and he said, he'd go past you. He definitely made me look stupid in training quite a lot. He'd get a kick and he'd be right back up again. He said, bit homesick, slightly timid then, but hard as nails. He said, hard as nails. We all knew that if we let him get the ball, he'd make a fool out of us. You're 16, it's Blackburn, you're away from home. How did you cope with that and what's it like and what, what did it do for you retrospectively looking back? Probably when people hear hard as nails, they picture, I guess, people... Uh going around kicking people and what have you, but I guess what Tim means about me, yeah, I wouldn't say boo to a goose. I probably didn't speak for the first year or two there, but nothing was going to stop me. Uh, I said, Tim, yeah, jokingly, did make my life hell. I used to clean his boots for two years, and if he got polish on his hands when he was putting on in the morning, he'd just call me in in front of the whole club, really, and just abuse me in the canteen, what have you. But it's just character building. That's what football is. Like, nowadays, he'd probably get done for bullying for that. Whereas I, I was probably a bit soft, whatever, but I still wouldn't change it. There'd have been a time then when you'd have prayed to God for a big boulder to fall on his head so you could have a decent quiet day or two, I'm sure. Yeah, I know, listen, he made my life hell, but it was always with a, a smile and a, a grin, you know. It, and the fact that, listen, he was the, the captain of the Premiership winning team and he knew my name and he was always on at me. To me, in a way, kind of made me think that he taught something of me. Yeah, nowadays you probably get done for bullying. Uh, yeah, so it's even Billy McKinley, I guess you know him well. I know, like, I know Billy. I. If you think Tim was bad, strong uh, character. he's a strong character. And I later <laughs> obviously had him at Fulham, but he's the same. Literally just get abused every day. We all would, not just me. I said I wouldn't change it. Yeah, Kenny, King Kenny, God, call him what you want. It was a family club, amazing club. It's, it's sad to see where they are now. Oh, yeah. Did you initially live... On our residence in the training ground? Yeah, we lived at the training ground. Yeah, and it was only a, a year later I got homesick and I wanted to go home. And to be fair to Kenny and uh, Tony Parks, uh, Ray Harf, they wouldn't let me go home. Yeah. I was like, but I need to go home. I need <laughs> to go home to my mum and dad. But they thought if I went home, I'd never come back. Amazing by them. They brought my uh, mum and dad over for a week. And, you know, kids are like with their mum and dads. After a day or two, it was like, oh, will you get out of there? You're doing me head in. Go back home to Ireland. And didn't look back after that. And I think I made my debut soon after and 
He said, I never looked back. It's, it was a strong gesture of faith by them because, you know, if you've got a youngster, um, it seems to me that there's always another kid coming through in football. And, and I know many lazy clubs that have gone, well, if he's not... That's what I meant when we were talking earlier about short-sighted football. They're like, well, if he's homesick, well, it's not the right stuff. Whereas they've gone, no, no, we're going to work at this. And yeah. that's certainly what Tim got through to me. He said that Kenny took him aside and said, work it, work, work. Mm. Help talk to the parents, spend time with them, mm. see if that'll trickle down and whatever. And, and you talk about abuse, and you know, I, it made my jaw drop because I was living and working in, in English football at a time when the class of '92 and Manchester United were coming through and were quite dominant. And it was only retrospectively when I read Gary Neville's book, Red, which is very, very good, yeah. and there was the stuff about people being put in tumble dryers and, and burned, I like soaked, crazy up. stuff. For like- and I wouldn't consider myself soft and I'd have been very sort of chippy about that and it might have broken me and I might have gone over or whatever but that's quite yeah. brutal I like it yeah, my friend I was on to him earlier uh, he actually never made a Cairn Ryan but he lives just down the road from me now in Ireland and we're married to sisters and like I remember they were called court cases and most of the time you're, you were found guilty and like the stuff that used to happen to him like it always seemed to be him for some reason I don't know but like he had to get in, like, you know, ice baths with no clothes on and they'd pour cups of urine in on top of them. And I said, now you'd, I don't know, get arrested. So you'd be something, yeah. You'd have to get into a sauna for 40 minutes with all his clothes. That's mad stuff, but I just look at his character building. But I said, now it's, I think, generations are there just a bit softer now. I don't know. The Blackburn experience goes well from one Scottish legend to another. Soonest. Yeah. A game I watched that I'm interested to ask about in that, you know, I don't want to be mean, but I certainly wouldn't be the world's greatest admirer of Glenn Hoddle as a person. That's my own personal view. And I've never been a bigger Blackburn fan than the day you got to the final um, against them. Yeah. I feel you're kind of viewed as slight underdogs. Is that fair? And, and it was kind of an expectation that Spurs are back. They've got God yeah. in charge. It's yeah. perfect harmony. It's all. And so he was still, even then, regarded as maybe a manager that, you know, Amar might person Mar might manage him. We've got great regard for him. He did a brilliant interview with us. I like him a lot. I think he's a very different person him, yeah. than he is yeah. regarded because of some of his antics as yeah. a footballer. What was it like working with him? What was that, the build-up to that final? What, what were the memories of that? Yeah, I remember it was like uh, Glenn Hoddle Gods. That's what he's called down there, isn't it? And I guess I believed it as well. I was like, oh, Spurs, their name's written on the cup because so much was made of him going back there. But... Uh, Ah, oh, listen, Graeme Soon's for me. I remember there was a lot of stories that he was getting rid of all the Irish Catholics out of the team, which was nonsense. Yeah. I think he did it at Liverpool as well. But, like, he used to have fun with me the whole time. I think he split up from his first wife, didn't he? And his second wife is a Catholic, isn't she? And, like, he was amazing with me. He really kind of probably kicked me on in my career. Yeah, I, I, listen, I loved working with him. He used to join in. He was still a player. I love listening to him now. I can't speak highly enough of him. He's a real football man for me, and I think as well, there's post-football, there's this culture of, I better not say what I feel about what I've just seen on TV, because in the future, that person might be useful to Mike, and he just says it exactly as it is, as he sees it. He's as accurate and fearless as a pundit as he was as a footballer, and he was a special footballer too. Yeah, he's amazing, and obviously... There's not many Rangers fans in Ireland, but um, yeah, like I'm obviously recently retired and trying to figure out what I want to do, whether it be coaching. And I always hated punditry and hate pundits, maybe because they were giving me stick or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I tried it last week on RTE here for a Champions League game. Oh, seriously? Obviously, before the producers, like, who do you admire? Who's your number one man? And uh, straight away, it's Suey. And like you said, he pulls no punches. Yeah. You'll happily get into an argument on TV. 
and just says it how it is and I can't speak highly enough of him. How was the training thing? Because one of the famous things about Fergie was who maybe came to fame at my club, Aberdeen, and, and then at United employed a series of coaches so that increasingly, largely throughout his career, Fergie wouldn't train. He would watch, he would observe, he would he'd actually hand a lot of authority, devolve a lot of authority to people who are exquisite coaches because the idea of a coach and a manager, they must blend, but they're also separate, they're parallel. Mm. What was Graham like as a, as a leader at, at Blackburn? Was he, was he the coach? Was he the manager who worked for him in those days? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go with manager, yeah. I guess we probably wouldn't have done an awful lot of coaching. He's probably no. from the old school Liverpool way. He's probably like King Kenny was, just warm up, little boxes, a bit of fun and a fiver side. That's the way I remember it anyway, which is what all footballers love. <laughs> this is three years after... York and Cole have won the treble because yeah. we're talking about approximately yeah. 2002, yeah. I think. Yeah. And 99, they won the yeah. treble for United. And, and how was your relationship with them in terms of supply? And uh, We had a, actually a, a good coach now that I remember as well. Dean Saunders came in, like one of the funniest men in football, just incredible. But uh, just one-on-one work with him and obviously he was a striker and just trying to tell me what York and Cole would want. But the wavelength they were on was incredible. Like Their legs was probably gone a bit and I think they were only 30-31 were they but uh, yeah the little overs step overs just on a different planet so yeah it was amazing playing with them obviously not even the twilight of the career probably just before but mm. yeah it's amazing signs for Blackburn Did, back then Does the final bring any memories for you at all? Or is it a blur? Because the Spurs like, final? Yeah I remember the roof was closed I think I played every two or three times I've played there at Millennium Stadium the roof is closed it's just like playing in a sauna you can't breathe and it's so much harder to play in I remember I nearly scored Neil Sullivan pulled off a, a great save. I've had a couple of chances in cup finals now, the league cup finals. I never managed to put one away. It always kind of grates at me. Never had the pleasure of playing an FA Cup final. But uh, I think that was February time. We were hovering there around the bottom of the league and we just kicked on after that. Me personally as well. Yeah, we, the, the I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, obviously. We obviously won the final. I remember being drunk for... One or two days after that, and yeah, just it was lift off then, and we rocketed up the league. Wait, was that your first big trophy lift? Yeah, or? yeah. You signed for Chelsea, and uh, along comes Mourinho, and you turn up at the camp now. I had just moved there, and I needed my freelance revenue, and uh, put the team that I was covering most out of the Champions League, and it was quite dramatic, and you were quite central. Can we talk about those two games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the way I remember that game is Barcelona, still very fledgling, Rijkaard are completely outplayed and out-strategised as well. So I don't know what the manager had said to you beforehand, but the way the game tilts, for those who didn't see it or maybe are younger, is that I think Carvalho puts a lovely ball down the yeah. right channel for you. You're away. You show Giovanni Bronkos not only clean heels, but all your clean washing and centre it. And Belletti puts... It's your I was claiming that goal. It's your goal. Yeah, yeah. I was there. It's the first time I've ever nipped yeah, you anything yeah, quicker than you. Yeah. It was your yeah. goal, of course it was. And Belletti says that too. You're one nil up, and then somebody puts a quite a dangerous ball in from the wing. It was me, yeah, yeah for Drogba to send it off. Yeah. yeah, for Drogba to flat out assault Victor Valdez. Now, <laughs> I'm only being provocative, and he gets sent off, and it's a big old row. And Jose Mourinho says at the end of the game, Frank Rackard went to the referee's room and whatever. How did you guys, as a team, as a group, build up to that game? What was it like approaching the camp now for the first time? First time, yeah. And the tactics and the strategy and the idea, and at 1-0 up, what was the feeling? You know, this is the boss. Tell me the whole... 
bring the inside it. Epic. To be fair, oh, I can't remember. You know, it's going, you know it's going a very good part two yeah. for you. Eh? You um, know where it's going to end up. To be fair, uh, Mourinho wanted Barcelona, and we all thought he's crazy. Like we were <laughs> flying back from, I think Moscow. They were in a group. Maybe we just topped their group. And the lads were just having a bit of crack with him. We're like, who do you want in, in the second round? And he goes, Barcelona. And we were like, are you for real? Like, and he goes, no, no, simple. We stopped them playing and they let us play. And it was as simple as that. I remember leading up to the game then. I think we lost in the FA Cup to Newcastle a couple of days beforehand. 1-0 maybe? Yeah. Uh, up there? Yeah. yeah. I had a knock. I remember him telling me I was playing, but I remember him playing a few... Mind games with the press, he named a totally different team. And he goes, I'm going to do this later. He pulled me aside. You are playing tomorrow, but I'm going to give them... I think he said Good Johnson was playing ahead of me. So when he did name the team on the TV, I started believing then. I thought, maybe his idea is playing. So then I thought, why are you I'm not playing. <laughs> so I kind of had to wait 24 hours for him to name the team. And yeah, lo and behold, I was in it. Yeah, for me, like every young child, you talk about teams in England, but to go and play in the new Camp like dreams come true stuff and that was probably the start of the rivalry that I guess still goes on to it's quite epic it's, yeah, it's been, it's been it theatrical on. it's been yeah. so and it probably all started confused. that night with the sending off the uh, frisk the dressing room stuff which like we didn't even know what went on we were just reading I, it in the I'm not the trying paper. to drag you into that yeah, part yeah, of it, but yeah. if I look at it now like, because you always hope you genuinely hope like, three, there's three journalists in this room or communicators in this room you genuinely hope that you call things accurately and the first booking, I think, you know, it's one of those, yeah, it may be, or whatever, one booking, it doesn't matter that much. Second booking, the ball, the Jordan point of view is more important than mine. But it looked to me as if the follow-through meant that in most times, you're going to get a yellow for that. I mean, no, no, no. you wouldn't be the first to tell me I'm wrong, so don't be slow. Um, yeah, I remember, was it two yellows, or did he give him a straight two yellows, red? Two yellows, two yeah. yellows. I listen, yeah, I'm obviously biased, but I remember back in the day, yeah, we were like, how can you send them off? And to be fair, like I call it the dark arts of the game. Maybe other players don't know it so well, but it was a Valdez in goal. Yeah, there was, yeah. And he's rolling around like he was being shot. Like, I think you have to do it nowadays. If, like, I see Mourinho, if a player didn't do that, he'd have a go at him then. That's the way the game is gone. It's just a small detail. Yeah, be, be wise, be streetwise. Yeah, he's probably caught him a little bit, but that Victor Valdez has been streetwise. You look back at it, it's still quite a flawed bus on the team. They haven't reached maturity. They haven't fiddled around with certain parts that need... Maxi Lopez changes the game. That tells you yeah, something. Because Maxi yeah, yeah. was never really that much of a footballer. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Yeah. And so there's a bit of bad blood. And the first we hear of the Frisk thing is, is the media coming. Yeah. We'll go downstairs. And the press chief, I think, was Simon Greenberg at that city. He comes out, yeah. well, nobody from Chelsea will be talking. There's been an incident and we're in the half and off we go home. Oh, well, fair yeah. enough. That's OK then. And then comes... I don't know if it was a week later or two weeks or whatever. And so... Before we talk about goalkeepers again and Carvalho for the fourth goal, was that anger, those first sort of 30 minutes? Was it Barcelona's ineptitude? Was it better tactical planning by Mourinho? Because what was the adjective you'd reach for in that respect? A typhoon, a hurricane? You know, Barcelona were made for a chunk of time to look third division. Yeah, what was it, three goals in 15, 20 minutes, I think. Uh, I was just going back to what he said earlier. We stopped them playing, which we probably didn't stop Ronaldinho that night. It was an incredible performance. I remember that second goal, the toe bog. I've never wait, seen wait, it before. Football, but it's not just that part. The little, the little shuffle, yeah, the little shuffle before. <laughs> that, oh, it's incredible, that, yeah. You'd never be sure. They're always shown it in Sky Sports, and listen, you can't help but watch that game when it's on. But, yeah, it was just, we believed. What can I say? Yeah, Barcelona, they were a world-class team then, but they still weren't a patch on what they are now. No. No chance of that. 
yeah, it was just us believing. If I've got it right in, in my mind, right, you know, the Damien Duff goal is a 3 0 goal. And I think there's in a big transition from, I think it's Carvalho to Cole. Yeah, Cole. What a pass, eh? Yeah, wait, I don't and think you I had to take a moment, touch. Uh, you know what Joe does because Caballo comes powering through, I think maybe nips off some of yeah, his toes, yeah. and it's a volley pass from Yeah, from oh, it's incredible. It. Yeah, I think it was up around his hip and he's just stroked it like beautiful, beautiful ball. I don't think I took a touch, to be fair. It was just so perfectly weighted. And I remember I probably didn't help proceedings on the night running over. My mum and dad used to sit above the dugout. I was actually running over to them. But uh, when you look back, it looks like I'm trying to dig Rijkaard out and, and the bench. I think I kicked off a bit in the sideline. Take, yeah, take that, Bob. Take that. Yeah, but I was actually just running over to me dad, you know. So, um, or at least that's the worst story will remain. No, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were never there, were they? they I were. was there, all right. Yeah, you wouldn't miss that. You wouldn't miss that. Do we? T- I mean, is it just a waste of breath to talk? Was was it planned that Ricky Carvalho would block off Valdez? And wait, wait, who took that corner? Me. It's so kind man. of your tie, isn't it? Between uh, the first goal and the sending off, and the you know the, yeah, the three no goal and bit, the um, the, It was a kind of. Yeah, so I remember the fourth goal was horrendous corner. I near enough hit the penalty spot, and it was JT didn't get his head, and it was going outside the box. I remember the minute I hit it, I was like, I don't oh my god! That because okay, maybe you didn't need to, but JT's completely. He's on his. It's John Terry. Yeah. He's on his own. Yeah. And it's a massive leap. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. header, however yeah. you describe the yeah. corner. I made it a good ball. But uh, again, Ricky Carvalho with the goalkeeper, it's just a dark arts, just streetwise, giving them a little nudge. You're all right with that in general. I'm not talking about that instant. You're all right with that, the dark arts. Yeah, well, back in the day, I probably wouldn't have been, but it's just, uh, I guess, the education that I've had with Mourinho and what have you. Yeah, like when I'm coaching out of 15s or whatever and there's like young kids and I'm never telling the kid to dive, but like if no. someone clips their heels in the box and I'm careful the way I do say it to them, but yeah. like you have to go down and get your penalty. There's yeah. no rewards for trying to stay on your feet, you know, and you stumble. I've seen people miss goals because they've gone, no, yeah, I want this, t- and, then, and then they fall. And then, yeah, and trying then to be too honest. You're going to get a lot of grief for that yeah. as well. Yeah. Honesty doesn't get you very far in football. I think you need to have that... Street wiseness, call it what you want. Bordering on cheat, I don't know what you can even call it cheat. I just think it's clever. I think you can hone your instincts. He said, not playing with words deliberately, but I remember, albeit I'm not a fan of him, I'm self aware enough to know that almost every good footballer who's coached by Glenn Hoddle said it was a good experience yeah. and that England lost a maybe a tournament winning yeah. manager there. Certainly somebody, and he told Michael Owen eh, very early on, so you're fast and you can finish, but. Run across the last defender. Yeah. But I think the rugby thing is run straight. Yeah. But in football, it's like once you're away, just make sure that you, as long as your yeah. angle for the finish is okay, yeah. get an FD. To cut more off you. And then yeah. what happens? You know, the world stops yeah. in 1998 in Sinetian, I think, against yeah. Argentina, yeah. where he's run away and scored that brilliant goal, but he's also run away, got in front of the defender, yeah. and whole bush, then you go penalty. Yeah. And that, that, I think, is where the bridge between like honourable play and do it the right way and then dark arts, maybe. If you put yourself in a situation where somebody's going to do something and yeah. you feel a touch, then obviously yeah. you go down, eh? Yeah. It's good enough. Winning is winning. Leaving Chelsea was a mistake, eh? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, but I'm just a stubborn Irish man. Nothing's ever changed, really. Yeah, I do look back and I was like, just stay around and fight like you've always done for your place to make it, I guess. I don't know. I remember when I left the day, Jose just called me into the office. He goes, you know, if you're fit and playing well, you play my team every week. I was just, yeah, whatever, good luck, I'm out here. And it was just really because of the, I think it was the last three months of the previous season, I was in and out of the team. And to be fair, I wasn't at my sharpest. I remember having a few problems, calf, Achilles, what have you. And uh, I wasn't even making the bench on some games on, on the run-in. And that hit me hard because I just loved playing football. <laughs> and, yeah, when I look back, I should have taken a step back and gone, yeah, get yourself right and get back in the team. But I was just so distraught. I listened to short career, travelling away, going to the bridge, whatever, and just watching from the stands. That I didn't even look at Chelsea at winning trophies, at winning... Or, Working with Jose Mourinho, I was just like, I need to go somewhere and play football. That's the way I looked at it, black and white. So, yeah, mistake. But then I look at, no disrespect to him, like the likes of Mikel and what have you. Like, he's there 10 years, but I wouldn't say he's played an awful lot more games than me. I don't know, for being there 10 years, I'd rather go play and just enjoy. The, the wages and the salary and the, and the good life is a byproduct for you. It's good, it's healthy for your family, it's healthy for your future, but it is a byproduct to playing for you, isn't it? Yeah, like I went to Newcastle, I said, there's obviously an awful lot of money in the game. But I went, took a pay cut, just wanted to play. Like I, I never get involved in negotiations with, uh, just let my dad and advisor or whatever go in and I just hang around, just wait to sign up. I wouldn't even ask how much I'm on. Like, and I'm not bullshitting you there when I say it. That's fact. It's just love of the game. Was it a mistake? Yeah. I went there and, God, I had a horrendous three years of my life. I give them everything. Like, the Geordies think I went for... A jolly up for money, for this, for that. I had a lot of injury problems when I did play. Never really got any rhythm. And my God, like that is character building up there. That will make you or break you. Like 52,000 every fortnight. Just like I laugh about it now, but my God, just yeah, screaming how, oh, they used to hate me. <laughs> yeah. look back with that type of clarity you must be aware that he could have probably flipped a coin and it could have gone exactly the opposite way because everything about you your composure your love of the game your skill what you could do with a ball if they'd taken to you they'd have probably seceded from England formed a kingdom and you'd be on the throne because you embody 
as a person, a footballer, just about everything that they yearn for, which yeah. is kind of confusing, yeah. Yeah. given that it was a shit experience. Well, listen, all the, the lads in the team, the local boys, Stephen Taylor, Stephen Harper, whatever, they used to tell me they, they love you or hate you, players up there. And yeah, I just didn't get off to a good start, and they just made their mind up and me really sharpish. Like, I've no, I still would not change it for the world, leaving Chelsea and... Uh, Going to Newcastle. But I want to go back to that because I wasn't taking you up for leaving. Uh, you'll be aware that Josie's emphasised this recently by saying that that side, you, and he names you, Killer Instinct. He said the Chelsea that he was sacked from, the Chelsea that he came back to, didn't kill games. And he said, you know, that's what we did, that's what Damien Duff did. He, he talked about your attitude, he talked about your fearlessness, he talked about the fact that he, if you could get on a team and do a team and win, and that's him still talking about it all these years later. So all I meant was it was no way derogatory about the decision oh, no. to leave. I didn't know about that meeting, but when he said you'd be in my team, he meant it and he still feels that way. And I think that's a major, major... You can't put it in the bank, please. And I think maybe through your career that's not been the thing you've sought yeah. most, but it's pretty sincere. It's pretty serious praise from him. Uh, yeah, I've said for me... I could put you in a situation you don't like. No, just, no, no. I just said it and then I've done yeah. it. Yeah, listen, for me, I like... I, Loved the man, like, yeah, in the end I said, listen, good luck, I'm out of here, but uh, listen, the best two years ever working, I'm just... Was it fun on a daily basis? Yeah, he's a funny guy, for starters, but, like, coaching, training sessions, unbelievable, like, frightening, improved everyone no end, like, it was more or less the same squad he inherited from Ranieri, I think he had a couple of additions, obviously Drogba, but Drogba struggled really for the first year. He, he wanted to go home, he yeah, it. But he just turned us into winners just straight away, that arrogance, that confidence just rubbed off on everyone and just, I said, steamrolled the league for a couple of years and the thing, obviously, whether I want to go into coaching or managing, the fact him leaving Chelsea this year and looks like he's lost the dressing room, I just find that staggering, just... There's no hope for any of us if, if he's losing a dressing room. We're on to an area where I, I, I need to be careful because uh, you know, I didn't play for him. If the people who play tell me it correctly, then maybe there's been a change in the man, a change in, in him. Yeah. That As phenomenal as he is, he's a human being. And I think in his attitude to playing and to life and to... And also the dark art sometimes if you... You know, if you wear the Lord of the Rings, if you wear the ring too long, it corrupts you. I think maybe... Some of those who encountered him when he came back to Stamford Bridge that second time found a change. Mm. So maybe we can put, or maybe I can put it down to the fact that it's not that you know something ridiculous has happened because Chelsea have lost a guy who's still the guy he was in 2004-5-6 is my interpretation. We all do that. We all change for better or worse. And maybe, maybe it's going to give us all a treat where maybe he's in control of one half of Manchester next season and then... Guardiola's in charge of the other half, which... Well, yeah, if I was a betting man, no doubt he has to end up there, especially after Guardiola's rival going to City. I said the only statement Man United can make is him, and anyone else is would be wrong for me. I said there's only one man for the job there, it's him. Your faith in it. And one of the things you said there, I wonder if it's a thing that Mourinho has to maybe work a little bit on, is that I think that Ranieri deserves a great deal of credit for this idea. Yeah. You know, you said it in a way which wasn't... But Ranieri built a hell of a yeah, side. Yeah. Now, my admiration for Mourinho I'd like to respect him more I'll yeah. be frank I've said yeah. this before I'd like to respect him more I actually actively would like to feel more respect for him because I can see why he should get that but a discussion that he had with Abramovich with Abramovich because Abramovich became obsessed with Barcelona and obsessed with Ronaldinho mm. and he said look you know when Josie came I'll buy you Ronaldinho I went no I don't want Ronaldinho mm. I want Drogba look at that bet yeah. Ronaldinho within a couple of years was burnt out and overweight yeah. and, and kind of has just puttered along since yeah. then, whereas Drogba went from 
I don't want to be here. I want to be back yeah. in Marseille. I'm out my, oh, Linz Abramovic, mm. that most extraordinary European Cup final. That was, that was a decision of Mourinho's, which was exceptional. But I've always felt that Ranieri... I mean, Ranieri was the guy who... who well, he bought Robin. Uh, like, no one really remembers that. He bought Aryan Robin. He bought Peter Cech. Um, Ampard. Yeah. Me, good. Like, yeah, he bought a lot of us, really. So the Czech deal was was, was done, was yeah. Was the done. Robin one was done. Like, listen, amazing, great guy. When I see them Leicester this year, ugh, yeah, I find it staggering, just absolutely staggering. The one thing, like they obviously haven't got quality of City or Spurs and all. They just will be giving him two hundred percent because he's such a great guy, and they just love him to bits, just like we did. We all knew he was going that year at the end of the season. But so it, it wasn't the Monte Carlo thing. It wasn't the Monaco night when. No, I think it's yeah. He was he was gone. He was a dead man walking. If it was any other manager, you probably have lads down in tools and what have you. But we just love to get uh, Ranieri so much that we just give him everything till the end. Is it easy to explain that now, Rick? Can you say what it is about him? I don't know. He just has such charm and charisma. He's quite eccentric, all... isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even want to go into the smaller detail. What training and all? Like when Mourinho came in, training was just on a different planet. Right. Compared to what Higher we Higher level, intensity, Yeah, detail. everything, everything, everything. So whether Claudio would have won the league the way we were going with him, I doubt, I think he still needed yeah. Mourinho, definitely. But so Claudio had an ability that somehow you click with your soldiers and they give you more. He definitely has that, but then like you have to ask questions. Like He's had big squads all over, Monaco, Inter, Valencia, Chelsea. He's never won the league, I don't think. Am I wrong? He, no. If, well, he's thank won you, Copa thank del Rey. Thank you for putting me on the spot, because I don't think did he, he win the Serie B with Juventus to take them up? I don't know. He took them up, whether he won the Serie B when they were demoted. No, I won't class that. Um, oh, well, any okay. of the big leagues, any of the big leagues. But considering no, the squads he, and the clubs he's been at, he's never won it. He won the Cup of Geisca in that beautiful, yeah. beautiful game against Atletico Madrid, and... Again, I don't know whether he won the second division in France with Monaco when they had to come up. But you're right. This would be his first title. Yeah. Would be. And would, I still can't. Be. I still can't see them. I don't know. I just oh, can't. Don't break my heart now. Tell you. I want to. I think it's the most amazing story ever. Like, let's break that down. straight down to Hollywood and make a movie about it. But um, Where are the football things that you can't see him winning it? What's the... First and foremost, quality of squad. Like, I'm just going off that. Like, surely. But, like, yeah, are we surprised? Like, Arsenal have been like that for... When did they last win it? I don't know. Over 10 years ago, was we'll, it? We'll do a new, an entirely new separate podcast where we'll have to give you a fee for your time where we break down how on earth Arsene Wenger is still in charge of that club when they keep falling over. I've kind of gone off the beaten track a little bit and um, we can't stop here without Fulham because it's, it's Roy Hodgson again. It's one of the friends I have is very, very close friends with Pep Guardiola and he was telling him about one of the things because he's quite a quixotic guy, Guardiola, and he keeps mentioning to my pal about one of the things he really wants to do by coming over and coaching is, is go to grounds that breathe the history of English football like Craven Cottage. So he's more pissed off than Michael Jackson was that Fulham have been relegated yeah. than you are. Because I was a season to get older at Craven Cottage yeah. for a little while when all the crowd would shout, Steed, whenever Mal Brown yeah, touched yeah. the ball or whatever. Life at Fulham. Let's talk about the stadium, for example. Do you have affection for the stadium? I love it, yeah. It's, it's nuts, isn't it? It's amazing, yeah. I remember being the away team going there and you'd hate it. Like, the dressing room was half the size of this room we're in now, like, horrendous. I.e., uh, not big. Uh, like, you're getting changed on skips and just horrendous. Mind you, the, the home one isn't much bigger, but... <laughs> oh, listen, obviously, I had trophies, what have you, at Chelsea, won something at Blackburn, that's where I started, but probably coinciding with having a wife, two kids, that's probably 
the happiest time in my life, football in life, was probably at Fulham. First couple of years, definitely. Just incredible, amazing set of lads that you go to war with. Craven Cottage, it's such charm, I don't know. It's just That should matter to us. I think rather than just turn up, take your £200,000 a week, play quite well and, and sort of play in a soulless role... Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a beautiful part of the world as well. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I, listen, I'm going to venture out here. I don't know if it matters to you, but when I moved to Barcelona, I did to Madrid, Barcelona, and part of it was the influence of Steve Archibald went to Barcelona, played for Aberdeen. But I need to be near water. I actually need to be near water. And Madrid's got a little river that doesn't count. And yeah. when I was there, like living by the Thames and being near the Thames, yeah. it's just such a magnetic, hypnotic, historic, beautiful river. And it's kind of like, when you see it out of the corner of your eye, you feel like it's going to flow into the stadium. Yeah. It's that close yeah. to the bottom of the, the stand. It's, it's epic. Yeah, um, I don't think they've... I think they were planning on building a, an extra 10,000 on top of the Riverside stand, but I think that'll be put by the, the wayside for now. Again, like Blackburn, just so sad to see them down there. But for me, they brought it on themselves. The way they ran the club for the, yeah, the couple of seasons before they got relegated there a squad of 20 and like you're I'm talking 10, 11, 12 lone players mm-hmm. were coming in every Christmas then the start of the season so they were dicing with debts mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. so they brought on themselves I'd have no qualms about that How did you end up there? What was the actual moment when somebody said listen do you, you, you fancy um, Yeah it was probably me chasing a move away from Newcastle I scored the goal that sent him down mm-hmm. Like, when that went in, I was just like, my God, I can't put that more into this. And I don't know. Like, I'm a big believer going deep, like the law of attraction, just positive. And, I like that, yeah. And me there, I guess I was there, what was it, three years? I'm like, this is awful. I need to get out of here. It's so bad. I'm not enjoying it. And eventually, I just brought it all up upon myself. And <laughs> I said, scored the OG, the centre. Now I thought, what the hell? So I did pre-season. Chris Euton was there, but I just thought to myself, you just need to get out. And it's actually, in life, it's probably an unhealthy situation yeah, to be in. Yeah, I, I remember knowing I was going to get a bad injury. I just knew it. I told a few people, I was like, something bad's going to happen to me. I'm like, I think any walk of life and any job, you just bring it upon you. These positive people that go out and are amazing, it's because they're positive and it comes back to them. And I ended up getting a bad injury about two weeks later. I was out for 10 months dislocate my foot I was just like you need to sort your head out me and the only way in the end was just to leave Newcastle and go mm-hmm. to Fulham and it was me probably chasing a move it wasn't even Roy looking for me it was my agent obviously was with Roy Hodgson at Blackburn and he says yeah we'd love to have Damien down here and again I like massive wage cut I was obviously on a good deal at Newcastle I think I more than half my wages yeah. but I just want to go play enjoy be happy get married and, and start a family and I, I just need to get away from Newcastle to do that and the minute I met Roy it was straightforward enough it was yeah, amazing coach he's like one of my guess fathers dads in football you call him because you'd kind of principally you know you'd made your career as a left winger occasionally people had played yeah. you maybe off a striker yeah. or it seemed to me that Roy was quite keen sometimes playing you on the right coming in. It kind of just all fell into place. Uh, Clint Dempsey was a right footer on the left and he scored an awful lot of goals. Like So to be fair, I probably would have done well to dislodge him. But uh, I don't know, just as you get older, I've always tried to add strength to my bow. So throughout the years, I probably left it too late. I wish I started, as I tell the kids that now, I wish I started when I was 15, just right foot, right foot, right foot. And now... I prefer kicking a ball with my right foot rather than my left, which is... the work you put in. Yeah, and so that's probably eventually when I hit 30, I, I could play there. I could obviously cut in. Anyone could do that if you're yeah. left-footed, but I was happy going down the wing and crossing the ball in as well, which I possibly couldn't have done at pace 10 years ago when I was at Chelsea and Blackburn. So it just kind of all fell into place there, and 
didn't look back. I more or less became a right winger, which is amazing after playing 15, 20 years as a left winger. You know, showed your affection for Claudio Ranieri by turning up at his place in Rome and dumping him out of Europe. Went on to... It's quite a commonplace result, actually. I saw the other day there was an Aston Villa-Everton game and sometimes the statistic is this is the most um, often repeated uh, fixture in the history of the English First Division. And, and throughout my life, I'm much older than you, the most regular result I've ever heard is um, Fulham 4, Juventus 1. They're peppered with World Cup winners. Yeah. Who, who's the boy? Ugly one at the back. Cannavaro. Yeah, he's not Alex Del Piero yeah. Fabio Grosso Trezeguet I think yeah. Zaccherini is the coach yeah. League winning Zaccherini yeah. Over to you Damien Like I said It was just A good group of lads That You'd go to war with. But yeah Even uh, while well, we were 3-1 down They scored after 5 minutes You could hear the whole uh, Craven Cottage Just deflated So we effectively Tie over But I don't know We just Kept going. I think we scored two goals within a couple of minutes. And I think it would just galvanise any team. Like, it wasn't anything that was said at half-time or in between ourselves. We just kept going. And we were... Like, I don't know how much you watched us that season, but, like, we were a slick team. Probably no world-beaters or world-class players, you could say, if you compare it to Juventus. But, like, we were one hell of a team, and we could have beaten anyone there. Um, I think Man United came a couple of weeks later before we spanked them 3-0, played them off the park... And we did that to most people that year. Shakhtar Donetsk, like they're the closest thing I've seen to Barcelona. And I know it's at a different level, but when we played them, they had all the boys that are Fernandinho, Villian, all them lot, and they were just incredible. But we put them out. So, yeah, so there wasn't as much that was said from Roy, from us, and we were just a hell of a good team. I thought, anyway, maybe I'm biased, but we were a slick outfit. All that's left is, is for you to say something a little bit about what it's meant to you for, you know, to be one of the boys in green. Um, because I've been at a couple of tournaments where I followed you. I was at the 2012 tournament where you played against Spain and whatever. The World Cup excites people. The, the game against Spain where you're still talked about in Spanish football, which is understandable because they like people with skill. When you look back on it all, has it been a, a satisfying experience? Do you ever tire about talking about 2002? Uh, and what was this? Sorry, I've got a butterfly in mind now because I'm excited and I've drunk too much tea. What was the celebration in uh, Saudi Arabia well, I think over in Japan and that side of the world, I guess, it's, there's an awful lot of bone and, and what have you. And Robbie obviously had his cartwheel and his bow and arrow stuff going on. I was just like in the hotel and getting ready for the game. I was like, what if you score tonight? What would be? It just came to me. Um, said the fans were always bound to me and what have you. So came from that really. I think I was brushing my teeth. I was like, oh, I'll try that later <laughs> if, I, if I, uh, I score and end up, I guess, being a bit of an iconic. They loved it, didn't they? Celebrate, yeah. And like I still see pictures of that now. It's outside the door there. I just saw it on the way in, yeah. Just, there was something on social media. So I'm not on it, but the lad sent a truth to me for my birthday, uh, reminiscing, saying happy birthday, Duffer. And a, a three-minute clip of me from the Spain game. I'm, I hate listening to myself and I actually always hated kind of watching myself play football as well. But I... Clicked on it this morning and Mendieta, our good friend, was in it. He was in a couple of the clips and <laughs> bouncing off me. I didn't realise I played that well, I guess. Because you were just doing what yeah, you what did. What I do, that. yeah. Like, it's, I guess it's a blur. Like, I, didn't, I saw that clip for the first time about six months ago and then obviously watched it again this morning. I can't remember the stuff I did. I was like, wow. You, you've proved that you're in the Chris Waddle camp. Often if you ask a sportsman or woman about their art, they might not be able to explain it because sometimes it's innate or... 
they've developed it without thinking about it. Maybe it's actually quite useful to develop it without yeah. thinking about it because it takes that yeah. pressure out of your head as well. Sorry, but- just interrupt. I'm, there's a winger at Rovers now and he's got a lot of ability and all, but like I struggle coaching him because I don't know how I did it. So, like you said, it's innate. I just kind of taught myself in the street. I don't know how, it just kind of happened. And now, like, when the manager asked me to go work with him for 20 minutes, I'm walking across thinking, I don't really know what to say here because I don't know how I did it. So mm-hmm. if I don't know how I did it, fuck knows how I'm going to tell him. Well, I don't know. Like, for example, I, you know, I'm not doing this in any way to be embarrassing, but the fortune of my timing and some of the people who employ me have allowed me to speak at length with Messi several times. Yeah. He doesn't thrill to talk about football. He will, and he's got better over the years. Yeah. But in, in two of the interviews, he talked about things that I always thought about you, which is he, he talked about the, what it's like being kicked. Obviously, with rule changes over his career, it's got easier and more protected. But initially, he was kicked all the time. And he would say, like, well, if, if I get really done in the first five, ten minutes, I feel after that, I'm so involved in the game, I kind of, unless somebody's broken, I don't feel it. I just want the ball to get back up going. Another thing that he talks about a lot is that I've asked him about what he does. I don't think he was lying, but I also don't know if I got the truth. And he says he just, when, when he's got the ball... The patterns and the movement and, and the where space is, just comes into his head. Yeah. It's not actively thinking yeah. about yeah. it. When you were like not just that game against Spain, but that's what's caused this discussion and that inability to, to talk mm. to your winger at the club at Rovers at the moment. Can you remember thinking like if, if I do this, he'll go there and that'll be a space. And, and you look back and saw either when I went there, maybe I wouldn't do it now. What what was the type of thing that would have been in your head then, or was it was it all subconscious or what? Yeah, I found. The minute I started thinking about my game, that's when I struggled. And I'm sure it's the same for most. It just sounds cheesy, just let it happen, just let it flow, I don't know. Did you see space? Or did you, like, say, if I take the ball this way, I know that there'll be somebody behind me, or I know that if I go this way, that player doesn't like going there, or if I drag him, he couldn't keep up with me last time. Does that go through your head at a million miles an hour? Oh, like, stuff like that. Like, you mentioned Van Bronckhurst earlier, like... Most people, to be fair, are probably quicker than him. So stuff like that, yeah, I'm going to run him every time because he can't catch me. I think Newman, he was the same. I remember playing him here. Big Arthur think, for Holland. Yeah. yeah. Was he on that Barca as well? Did he not go to Barca? No, he's Ajax, was he? He'd been... He'd have been. I he went to Barca for a while. Maybe I'm wrong. But stuff like that, when you know you've the legs on a... Yeah, I'm going to run him every time. But I don't know, all my flicks, tricks, movements was just happened and subconsciously I yeah, I don't know how and that's why I say I find it hard now to relate to the kids probably a bit. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, Socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you. Mom does 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.